Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week, we talk about Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. With Joe. This time we will do it together. I was about to say that. And JC. Get help, you know, match for him. He's a Sith Lord. Chancellor Palpatine, Sith Lords are our speciality. Welcome to the Movie Planet, everybody. I'm your host, Joe, and with me today is the Emperor to my Yoda, JC. JC, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, and I think I look good in purple. You do. You, Plus, I I've never a, seen you in purple, but can I imagine you pull it true. off? That's true. I think I could pull it off. Plus, I get a gold lightsaber. A gold one? Dude, Was it gold? Yeah, it had gold inlay in it. When he pops it out at Mace Windu, oh, it looks good. That does sound pretty cool, actually. It does. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, this week, we don't have Joel. Joel. No, no, Joel. Yeah. But he did great filling in for me while I was hanging out with my family. Yeah. My my parents came into town, so it was great to see my parents because I don't see them often. Yeah, he did a very solid job and uh, brought up some good points about Attack of the Clones. He did. He brought up some very good points. You so know, which which was interesting I, I was, because I was waiting to see what you thought of that because as the Star Wars geek, I wanted to see. No, he, I mean, he didn't. The only thing I probably would have done different from what I heard you guys doing, a lot of the analytics was very well done. I didn't agree with everything, but that's that's the point. Oh, come on. It's all perfect. It's, it's all relative. It's all perfect stuff. I probably, the only thing that I probably would have done a little bit different was bringing in more of like the back, sto- uh, the behind the scenes stuff. Because okay. again, like I did with, with Phantom Menace and like I'll do today with Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. When I rewatch the movies, I also have to rewatch the making of. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe since this is a movie podcast, we really are only supposed to be talking about the movie. But I don't know. If, if, there's if, so much info that I get personally <clears throat> from watching the making of and yeah. how they did it and their thought process behind some things that that's probably the only thing different that I would have I would have thrown into last week's episode. That and of course our opinions on Yoda. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I get, I get mis- would you like? I w- get misquoted and misrepresented. Would you like to defend yourself right now? I will give you one minute, uh, interruption free. Go. Here, here, here's here's my sole point. Yoda was an asshole when he's in the council and when he's talking to the main characters. You and Joel made the point that he is kind at times, and I agree, he is kind with the younglings. Every, and you even made the point, every youngling would want Yoda for a teacher and not Mace Windu. I agree with that, too. But the problem is, Yoda is also supposed to be the head honcho, and he's supposed to be able to know why Anakin's doing things and why Obi-Wan's doing things, and he's supposed to be that Force user, or maybe I'm giving him too much power. That's when he seems cold and distant and not... If he's helping the younglings, why does he step back? But then maybe you could throw out, well, why does a dad let his kid fall down and scrape his knee and things like that? But anyway, he's still, that's where I was saying he seemed more assholish. Okay, so there's your one minute. I'm not going to rebu- rebuke it. You got it out there. There you go. It was an opinion that was missing last week. Because I was missing. There yes. you go. <laughs> All right, let's get into Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Upsetting to me to see that. 
council doesn't seem to fully appreciate your talents. Don't you wonder why they won't make you a Jedi master? I wish I knew. More and more I get the feeling that I'm being excluded from the council. I know there are things about the Force that they're not telling me. They don't trust you, Anakin. They see your future. They know your power will be too strong to control. You must break through the fog of lies the Jedi have created around you. Let me help you to know the subtleties of the Force. How do you know the ways of the Force? My mentor taught me everything about the Force, even the nature of the dark side. You know the dark side? Anakin, if one is to understand the great mystery, one must study all its aspects, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. If you wish to become a complete wise leader, you must embrace a larger view of the Force. Be careful of the Jedi, Anakin. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will be able to save your wife from certain death. What did you say? Use my knowledge. I beg you. You're the Sith Lord. I know what's been troubling you. Listen to me. Don't continue to be a pawn of the Jedi Council. Ever since I've known you, you've been searching for a life greater than that of an ordinary Jedi. A life of significance, of conscience. Are you going to kill me? I would certainly like to. I know you. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. Makes you stronger. I'm going to turn you over to the Jedi Council. Of course, you should. But you're not sure of their intentions, are you? I will quickly discover the truth of all this. You have great wisdom, Erica. Know the power of the dark side. Power to save badly. This week, we are discussing the third installment of the Star Wars saga, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith from 2005, starring Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Natalie Portman as Padme, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, Ian McDermott as Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu, Jimmy Smith as Senator Bale Organa, Frank Oz as Yoda, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Christopher Lee as Count Dooku, Peter Mayhew returning as Chewbacca, and Kenny Baker as your favorite character, R2-D2. Oh, that was cute. Hey. <laughs> uh, this movie was made for $113 million. It raked in $848 million worldwide. Which is not as much as I thought. I, I would have thought this would have broken the billion. The only one of the prequels that broke a billion was Phantom Menace. Yeah. And yet this is probably considered the best of the Of three. the prequels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and arguably by me, the best of the six. But Ooh. I, yeah. 
Interesting. I, yeah. Uh, well, technically, it's best of the seven now. Of the seven, yes. Now, this is, again, we're in a difficult position. We're both Star Wars nerds. It's hard to we find really trivia are. that we don't know. Yeah. But I think I found some gems. Okay. We'll see. The original cut of the film ran nearly four hours. Yeah. Knew that. Damn it. Sorry. And the opening battle slash Palpatine rescue alone ran over an hour. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. I thought I was going to get you on that one. Okay. Are you getting these from IMDb? Because I have read Did those. you read those? Oh, well, like a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's some more <laughs> shit that he already knows. <laughs> <laughs> The original cut of the film ran nearly four hours. I just read you that. You just read Damn that one. <laughs> a 10-year-old Han Solo was going to appear during the Battle of Kashyyyk as an orphan being raised by Chewbacca. Yep, knew that. Oh, daddy Chewie. I'm, I'm actually happy they didn't do that. Uh, well, he would have helped locate General Grievous by finding part of a transmitter droid that was sending signals from Utapau, allowing Obi-Wan to find and confront the villain. That's how they know he's on Yeah, Udipal. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In the battle duel scene with Count Dooku, the imprisoned Palpatine originally had more dialogue when he was to shout at Anakin. And one of his lines pertained to uh, exposing Dooku as paying the Tusken Raiders to kidnap, torture, and kill his mother. Now that I didn't know. That Ooh, was a, that was boy. a line. How did I miss that one? I don't know. No, that one. That one. So that there you got me. Yes. That one I didn't know. Oh, that would have. Wow. Talk about the hatred. That that would have built. Like, oh, think that, about that. That should have been kept in. Imagine if that line, when he's saying, no, he's got to stand trial. He's got the, the lights. Yeah, and throw, then you say and that then line. he says that. <gasps> oh, that would have been so much better. Ewan McGregor apparently asked if he could play one of the emperor's red-robed imperial guards, and it's not known whether he did or not. Ooh, I like that. Ahmed Best, everybody's favorite uh, Gungan, said there is a deleted scene where before he crowned himself emperor, Palpatine mockingly thanks Jar Jar for granting him the emergency powers that allowed him to take over the galaxy. And I, I do remember reading that, and I'm like, part of me felt like that should have been put in, too. I feel like Jar Jar had been mocked enough by that point that that's probably <laughs> why it got cut out. Uh, Palpatine's lightsaber fight with the Jedi reveals a completely different technique than has been seen before. The Chancellor uses his weapon like a fencing foil, striking with the tip. Since the beam cuts through any substance, this makes even a small strike a killing blow. Except for Mace Windu, all the other Jedi use the edge, which requires a wide space to deliver a stroke. This explains why Palpatine was able to kill so many Jedi in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I call bullshit. You can all you want, but that's straight from, I, that's I, straight from the Hidalgo. No, I, I get it, but it's, it's them, and this is what the story, the story group is very good at. <laughs> They'll take something that looked bad in the movie, which I'm sorry. That it doesn't look bad. It does. I, do, I disagree. That whole... That whole scene, I call bullshit on you. So bad, and they took something that looked bad and they gave it a good explanation. It is a good explanation. I I agree. Uh, no, that that fight bugs me, and it still to this day bugs me. On the Rebel Force Radio Facebook page, Pablo Hidalgo of Lucasfilm offered up a very interesting tidbit of information. He indicated that in the sound design of Padme's death and Anakin's rebirth, there was a conscious effort to work with the heartbeats of the two star-crossed lovers. Both of their heartbeats stopped roughly at the exact same time. Both Padme and Anakin actually died to bring Darth Vader to life. Once Vader's mask is put on and sealed up again, his heartbeat is clearly heard again. The heartbeat stops for a moment, just too much of a moment to be considered natural. In this way, the death of Anakin and the birth of Darth Vader are no longer figurative terms. This is an actual procedure that took place with Padme being collateral damage in Sidious's plan. That's, that's interesting. And finally, Episode 3's story is in reverse order from Episode 4. 
The first act of episode three starts with a rescue mission, continues with Anakin realizing his destiny in life, and ending with the Empire taking over. Episode four opens with the Empire taking over, continues with Luke realizing his destiny in life, and ending with a rescue mission. Okay, JC, what was your first introduction to this movie? So this movie came out when I was in college, and I actually ended up going to see it with a bunch of us. We all went. We didn't do the whole dress up or anything like that, but a bunch of me and my roommates, we went and watched it. And if I'm being completely honest, when we came out, everyone was just stunned. Everybody enjoyed it. We all loved it. And it wasn't until after college and probably as I got into other people around me that weren't people I knew that I started hearing the, oh, he's so bad and this was horrible. And this, uh, in, in full disclosure, I remember coming out of the theater being like, that was awesome. That was amazing. That Good was job. My, that was my original introduction. Was I just remember watching that movie, and I don't think we talked the entire time. You, you've seen movies with me. Yes, I, I get chatty, and I have, I have to turn. I probably did turn to like watch my friends and see how they reacted because I just I need to do that when I watch a film. Uh-huh. But I don't remember talking. And maybe if if I'm being honest, I may not have even turned to look. I was that. It was one of those movies where. I personally remember never taking my eye off the screen because I didn't know if I was going to miss something. Yeah, I was that enraptured. I was that caught up in that. I know where we got to go. Mm-hmm. This movie's got to cover a lot, and I want to see every bit of it. And I do, and I, as soon as I we got out, we all talked about how great it was. But I also remember thinking, I, I got to see it again. Like I got to go see it again. I think I saw it two or three times. Okay. And I, n- I never remember coming out of the theater disliking it. I saw it in the theaters. I remember checking it out and then going home just smiling. Just yeah. smile. I went straight to my mother and I was like, we're going to go see this. Uh, and, I just and saw I it with my buddy see- Sean. I saw Sean. And the world made sense. The saga was complete, finally. And I had my big story that I've been waiting for since I was a boy. Yeah, I just, I remember being happy and... I, I also, one of the other times I saw it, I took my mom, I think it was like over, because it came out in December, right? I believe so. Yeah, and I think I remember like during uh, New Year's when we would go down to Philadelphia for the Mummers Parade, one of the things mom liked to do was go to a movie, and I went with her. Like <laughs> me and a bunch of my cousins and everything went, and yeah, I just remember me and my mom just sort of smiling when we came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was this a movie you were looking forward to watching again? Again, yeah, I'll always watch. Yeah, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm sure of the prequels, this is the one you were probably most looking forward to. Yeah, I look forward to to Phantom Menace. Okay, it's two. Two is the one I'm like, eh. but no, three. Yeah, I always get look forward to three. Yeah, I was psyched about it. I, I anytime this movie's on TV, it's I have to sit down and watch now. It's yeah. one of those movies that's a sit down. It's like Shawshank Redemption. If it's done, I gotta sit down and watch. Yeah, it's good. Um, but. I mean, again, I'll get into this later, but this movie just hits every single stroke masterfully in my eyes. The opening crawl reveals that the galaxy is in the midst of the war. Chancellor Palpatine has been kidnapped by the Separatist's second-in-command, General Grievous. Who we've never met before. Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi lead a mission to rescue them. Now, before they get in the ship, this in my eyes is the coolest opener in a Star Wars movie I've seen yet. I will also agree. When you first see the ship, you think you're going to a planet. And when that ship moves to the side, it is full-on battle. And I remember thinking, (gasps) 
And I just stopped breathing because I just wanted to watch. And it was one of those things I'm like, there's too much going on, mm-hmm. but I want to see all of it. Like, I didn't know what I didn't know where to look. Yeah. Like, I wanted to go to the far edges of the screen and be like, what's, go- what's going on? What-? And yes, I completely agree. One of the greatest openings in Star Wars. Now, if you remember, there was a Revenge of the Sith video game that came out about a month before this movie came out. I've actually, other than the Super Star Wars games yeah. for Super Nintendo, I've never played another Star Wars okay. game. Okay, it was for PlayStation, I believe. As far as the movies, like I loved KOTOR and all those, but that was different. It was PlayStation or it was Xbox. I can't remember which one. It may have been in the Xbox. Uh, well, it's probably for both platforms. But uh, in it, it was a month beforehand, you got a clip of that beginning scene because it started oh, off really? with the cinematic. Well, that and so been cool, yeah. we all bought it. We were like, we, there's supposed to be an exclusive clip in there. So we watched it and they had cut the clip in a way where you miss the buzz droids part. You miss all this stuff. They were just like, here's the ships flying in. Here's the big battle. And then the next part of it is them flying into the hangar. Yeah. And that's it. So I was thinking to myself, okay, that's all it's going to be at the beginning. All right, cool. And then when you watch it in the theater, and you're like, oh my Lord, this is what the war is. Yeah. It's not just years four X-Wings and six TIE fighters. It is like crazy military battle. Yeah. And what I love most about it is that they use the ships the same way they would use like old ships in like the 1400s where they have to be next to each other to blow each other up with the cannons. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just so brilliant and beautiful too. No space on the screen is wasted. Nope. I agree. Uh, and now we're going to see, we, we, the last time we saw Anakin, he was whiny bitch, little eighteen-year-old Anakin. Yep. Now full, he's a now, full head of hair, the black. I do. I he's do a love, man now. I love the black robes. I do too. The black and brown robes. I just think they look good. And he's clearly grown up a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he's got the the first thing I noticed was the scar over his eye. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. How did he get a scar on his? Is eye? Is it ever explained? No. No. Okay. Good. Don't explain it. <laughs> it's it's. Not, I don't even think it's explained in the Clone Wars TV series. I don't think it is. No, it, he just has it because it's after. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, because he doesn't have it in Clone Wars. That's right. So from Clone Wars to Episode Three, unless I'm wrong, watch me. Yeah, we check that out. After setting their Jedi fighters into General Grievous's ship, they make their way to the chamber that Count Dooku has the Chancellor. We got a little R two D two fun in this part too. Yep. Uh, and. We also get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin. Now, it's no longer Master Apprentice. Now, it is partner versus partner. I mean, they're together in this thing, and they, they know each other's idiosyncrasies. They understand what each other is capable of. Uh, and they you can tell... There's they, a history with them now. It's like Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Yeah. They just know... They can look at each other and just know what the play is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin engage Dooku in a battle... But Obi-Wan is bested, leaving only Anakin to take on the Elder Warrior. Upon cutting off his hands, Anakin places his lightsaber at Dooku's throat, and Chancellor Palpatine says, do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he urges him to kill Dooku, and Anakin complies. Yeah, he does exactly what's ordered of him. And now we start to see there's an issue still. Because before this, there oh, is no issue. He does have the scar in Clone Wars, but they still don't tell you how it happened. Okay. Originally, it was addressed in the expanded universe in a book, but it was never answered. George was apparently asked about it, and he said, it's just one of those things that happens in novels and movies. I just put it there. Do I have to explain <laughs> it? No. Maybe he got it slipping out of a bathtub, and he had his lightsaber on. I don't know. 
That was George Lucas. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, so no, we don't ever know how he got the scar over his eye. We see this battle with Dooku and Anakin. Dooku gets bested. He's on his knees, and when the Emperor says to kill him, he has a look on his face like he didn't expect this to happen. He didn't expect it to happen. I'm also like, there was enough of a pause. He could have shouted, but you're the, like, he could have given the Emperor up. So why? Yeah. That is one thing that I didn't notice it when watching it. I was just enraptured when I was watching it. Mm -hmm. But now looking back like the 12th or 30th time that you've seen it, you're like, why doesn't he say something? Yeah. There is a long pause. There is plenty of time between the order to kill him and him just standing there open gate that he could shout something out to defend himself saying, but you're the Sith Lord, but but we had this plan together or something, something to call into question uh, Anakin just simply following the order. But he he doesn't say a damn thing. Yeah, and that just I'm always curious as to why. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know either. And there's no answer, but it's just that's it, one of those things where I'm like, it plays dramatically very well because yeah. even Sidious, but it's head scratching. There's dramatic, and then there's head scratching. I think if the pause was shorter, <laughs> it would just be dr dramatic. Yeah, but the pause is so long that it, it becomes head scratching. Uh, I have here the excerpt from the book. Okay. That talks about Anakin and Obi Wan. Okay. And I remember reading because I got the book first. You read, you see yeah. the book. You read the whole damn thing before the week. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I got to see everything. <clears throat> and this gives it. I mean, this is the best way to explain Anakin and Obi Wan. It says, Anakin and Obi Wan, Kenobi and Skywalker. From the beginning of the Clone Wars, the phrase Kenobi and Skywalker has become a single word. They are everywhere. Holonet features of their operations against the Separatist enemy have made them the most famous Jedi in the galaxy. Younglings across the galaxy know their names, know everything about them, follow their exploits as though they are sports heroes instead of warriors in a desperate battle to save civilization. Even grown-ups are not immune. It's not uncommon for an exasperated parent to ask when faced with offspring who have just tried to pull off one of the spectacularly dangerous, dangerous bits of foolishness that are in the stock of trade of high-spirited younglings everywhere. So which were you supposed to be, Kenobi or Skywalker? That's that's a great line. Kenobi would rather talk than fight, but when there is fighting to be done, few can match him. Skywalker is the master of audacity. His intensity, boldness, and his sheer jaw-dropping luck are the perfect complement to Kenobi's deliberate, balanced steadiness. Together, they are a Jedi hammer that has crushed separatist infestations on scores of the worlds. And I agree. It, I completely agree with that. It goes on for another page and a half talking about the legend of these two. And it says, a pair of starfighters at the end, Jedi starfighters, only two. Two is enough. Two is enough because the adults are wrong and their younglings are right. Though this is the end of their age of heroes, it has saved its best for last. I like that. Yeah. So it's, it's I'm getting chill. I got goosebumps reading that shit. There you go. Okay. So Dooku's dead. Whoosh. Head gone. It's a shame that uh, Disney wasn't in charge at this it point. It doesn't only happen because Obi-Wan is knocked out. I think so. Because Obi-Wan would probably have spoke some sense into him. Yes. Which is funny because with Ob Anakin clearly can only fight. He fights best by himself. He fights best by himself, but he can't think clearly by himself. Yes. He only thinks well if Obi-Wan's around. He needs Obi-Wan to sort of bring the good into him a little bit. At this point, though, we've noticed that he knows how to say the right things. He just doesn't he, believe the right thing. He has learned to follow the script. Yes. He has learned to say what people want to hear, not what he actually believes. That is very apparent in the opening scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, whoop, ooh, zooming in. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, up, let's see. After killing Count Dooku and freeing the Chancellor, the Jedi attempt to escape, but are captured by General Grievous. Rice shields. 
Ray Shields? How did we not see this? <laughs> We're better than this. <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, manage to break free after Anakin talks some smack to Grievous. Be honest. Did you expect Grievous to be a robot? I did. I didn't. Well, he's an alien inside of a robot. No, I know that, but yeah. I just, I was expecting like a human. And that was a big surprise to me when okay. I saw this android, uh, web crawly, spidery looking mm-hmm. guy. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, but I'd also seen the old Clone Wars cartoon, so I knew what Grievous was. Uh, and I had never seen that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Grievous escapes and traps the Jedi and the Chancellor inside the severely damaged cruiser, and Anakin is forced to crash land the ship on one of Coruscant's landing tracks. You kind of skipped over the whole cool thing with the the bow sticks or the electro sticks. Well, let's talk about it. Did you think that was cool that there's this weapon that can counteract uh, lightsabers? Because before then, we hadn't seen anything really stop a lightsaber until we get the Magnus sticks. There is a ton I like in this scene. I love the robots that have those. Yeah. Because they are the, the most Magnicards. realistic CGI of any character I've seen yet. Okay. Even today when you watch it, they move realistically. And, and they, they stand out. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Uh, the, yeah, I love the Magna Guard sticks. And it kind of harkens back to something in episode seven when we see the Stormtrooper with something that's very similar. Yep. Uh, I love the fact that Grievous isn't this perfect general. He clearly has some other issues. He's got it. And he's a coward. He's, he's clearly a coward. And, and his health is deteriorating as we speak, <laughs> which apparently was George Lucas coughing, by the way. Oh, was? I didn't yeah, know that. They used his coughing for that. Uh, but we also see the brashness of uh, Anakin yep. in that, oh, here's, you know, you're, you're shorter than I thought. You know, <laughs> Jedi scum. <laughs> Here's the other thing that bothers, or I don't know if it was brilliant or if it bothers me. Mm-hmm. Throughout that entire fight, Sidious is standing there. He doesn't say a word. Oh, Dooku's fight. No, no, no. During the fight with uh, oh, Grievous. Oh, I gotcha. yeah. Grievous is there. They're fighting Grievous. They're fighting the guards. Yeah. Does Grievous not know Sidious without the hood? Like, is it that he literally just thinks that's the Chancellor and he hasn't put together that they're both? My- because I feel like later in Clone Wars, we find out that they do know each other, so... Again, nobody, ed- and I know they have to do that for the reveal and everything of of who Palpatine really is, but if you watch Clone Wars and you go back to it, that's another unbelievable thing. Like, how would Grievous not react to seeing Sidious or seeing Palpatine in some way or the other? And, like, for, like, what would, I guess, what would you expect in that scene to make it more realistic? For him to go after the, 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 the Chancellor. Or for him to, to maybe ask the Chancellor for help. Like, why aren't you helping me attack these guys or something? And again, maybe you can't do that because it reveals too much, but it's just, it's awkward. It creates an awkwardness to the scene in that you come to find out that these two actually knew each other. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It just, and maybe I'm not even explaining it well, but that just, it sits weird. The me. way that I looked at it was, you know, General Grievous knew he had the Senator on the ship. He, and... Before Clone Wars. But he Wars, was captured because the senator wanted to be captured. Before, or the chancellor wanted to be captured. Before the Clone Wars, my view was that the only person who knew the identity of Darth Sidious was his apprentice. That was my first impression. When okay, I first, yeah. If you do watch the movies without, okay, no, I can now, buy that. With the Clone Wars, which are canon, they have said that they are canon. They are canon. There are more people that know he's... There are more people that know, but we also know this. Enemies 
bad guys, evildoers are not loyal to anyone. And and here's the thing. The only people who appear loyal to Sidious are General Grievous, who is going to command the army to do his plan, and his apprentice. So that's why. So you're saying Grievous doesn't say anything because he's loyal. I think he knows. He knew all along. This is the plan. The plan is to have him on the ship. But he, G- General Grievous didn't know that. Gen- he probably told General Grievous, by the way, I'm going. I want you to pretend to capture me. Okay, we're going to do a yeah, fake kidnapping. I agree with And that. then we're going to kill the Jedi. So and, he revealed that to General Grievous. And so that's the thing. During the fight, he is probably, and may, again, maybe I'm overcomplicating this, but he is probably expecting Sidious to help. Like, why doesn't he help kill Obi-Wan and Anakin? Well, maybe he says, listen, I'm not going to have any weapons, because if I did, obviously I'd be able to get out. So I have to play this role in order for all this right. to go on. Okay, all right. I mean, he's a he's an no, I, I get that. I get that. It's just that was one of those quirky little things that I'm just like, eh. yeah. I think it's an interpretive moment. You know, okay. you interpret it however you want. So he crash lands the ship. <laughs> of course, it's, it's not so much landing as crashing. Yeah, yeah. Another happy landing. Some of his, some of those things. I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be funny, but I can't tell if that's forced or if he's just exasperated. And maybe it works if it's exasperation. Well, you know, it's. It's Obi-Wan. That's true. Yeah, he's he's had one-liners the entire time, you know? Uh, yeah. Also, it's pretty remarkable they landed in a spot that was a gigantic runway. <laughs> and he was somehow able to direct a giant floating to just <laughs> that right place. And he just fit it right in there perfectly. Didn't even go there, but okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> and now you'll never not be able to see it whenever you watch that scene. Can't not see it now. <laughs> Upon his return, <laughs> he's going to go see his wife. Yes, Anakin checks out. His, well, he meets up with everybody, and his wife is hiding behind a pillar. Yeah. And you're like, well, how'd she get there with nobody seeing? But Padme, who tells him that she's pregnant. Oh. This is a happy moment. It is a happy moment. And Anakin is clearly happy. You can tell this is a guy who... Would have been okay being a father. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, and... Which you need that. You need to get that sense that he wanted to be a dad. Yes. Because otherwise, the kids hold no power over him. If he didn't want to be a dad, if he didn't want to have children, Mm -hmm. then Luke doesn't turn him back in episode six. You need to have that moment. As much as people say it's cheesy or it's forced, Mm -mm. it still needs to be there. And don't get me wrong. You need to have this sense that he wanted to be a father or to have kids. And, yeah, and and that's 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 the thing. You know, you don't have to buy the romance and all that stuff as an adult because it's not for us. It's for kids. They view things differently. This next scene is a little hard to watch as an adult because it's them talking on the balcony, and the the conversation is the most awkward conversation in the world. They don't have chemistry. There's no chemistry between them, and that's that's hard to see. There, there's no chemistry. Yeah, but they have to get Luke and Leia, so we get it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a better way to direct that scene. I think you can have the same lines. And th- that's the problem that I have is, again, George Lucas, Lucas is directing. He's not a director. Direct. He's a screenwriter. He's not a director. He can direct visuals. He can direct visuals. He again, can't. He's a screenwriter. He can, he can create the picture. Yeah. He can't direct it. He can't put it on screen. Yeah. Despite Padme's worries over their secret marriage, Anakin is overjoyed at the news, and the couple makes plans to raise their ch- child. However... Anakin is troubled by visions of Padme dying in childbirth. Oh, those force visions. Visions similar to those he had of his mother just before she died. And 
this sucks to see because you're like, you know, he just got out of the woods with the mom thing. Yeah. And now they're back. It's like he's constantly haunted. PTSD. It always has a way of coming back with new things. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I see now as an adult. No. Is yeah. they're trying to show Anakin suffering from PTSD. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I I I can't argue with that. Uh so he goes to his trusted confidant. Palpatine. Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah. Not Obi-Wan, but now I get it. He can't go to Obi-Wan with, with the wedding stuff and all this stuff. Well, he doesn't know Anakin, or Obi-Wan knows. We find out later that Obi-Wan kind of knew all along. The whole time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Senator Palpatine speaks with Anakin, asking him to be the eyes and ears for him with the Jedi Council. The Jedi don't trust me. Yeah, I mean. He's been pulling that string he's all He's been along. pulling that, th- and it's you're starting to see it unravel, and you're like, well, how didn't they not see? It's like, that's the brilliance of Sidious. He's granted the wish by the council to be part of the Jedi Council, but, but not, he's not given the title of master. <laughs> and then you get that. And as again, people make fun of this scene, but he's still immature. Well, he's still not sort of calm enough to be a master. So he needs to react like a petulant child in a way. He needs to almost act and prove like his reaction proves why he shouldn't be a master. It, it precisely. And I think, but he. And I don't want to do this, but he has a legitimate gripe. He in does. That no one has been on that council that has without done anything. being a master. Oh, well, okay, he has a gripe. Nobody on the council is. But he's also been... Now, They, I will defend the council in that it's not the council that put them on, or it's not the council who asked them to join him. They're doing it because they are being forced to by the Republic. Which is funny because I always thought the Jedi operated separately from the Republic. But so since, did I. But since the Clone Wars, when the Jedi went from Qui-Gon saying, we are not an army, we are protectors of the peace, to now they're actually having to fight as the army. Yeah. They're generals. You, Which means they answer to a chain of command. If Qui-Gon was still alive... He'd be livid. He'd be pissed. And, and he probably would have left the order. Well, he was, yeah. I, right, because he, he, he was in the order, not by I, council. I, I do not think that, that if Qui-Gon was still alive, I do not think he would be a Jedi in terms of part of that. He'd have pulled an Ahsoka, yeah. and he'd have left. Um, and the funny thing is, the Jedi got dragged into this because the minute that they heard that there was a Sith back, they went into overdrive. And they went into war thinking, and fear. Fear, fear. leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate. It's just suffering. Yep. <laughs> but no, I, I I liked this scene as much as people attack it. Mm-hmm. It went the way it should. I thought so yeah, also. It went exactly the way it should in order to set everything up later. Yeah. And it also puts him in a position there. He's on the council, but he's still powerless. Which is what pisses him off the most. Because that's the other thing is, and even the audience can start to say, well, Anakin's the one that's done everything. If you're on that council, you haven't seen Mace Windu do anything, really. You haven't seen Yoda do anything other than get his ass beat by Dooku. Well, we saw Mace cut off Jingle Fett's head. All right, so he did one thing. But that's that's the point. Up to this point, Anakin and Obi-Wan are the badasses. Yeah, well, I mean, Yoda's a badass with a lightsaber. He lost to Dooku. He lost to Dooku because Dooku threw something down on them, and he stopped the fight to save two people. I wouldn't say he lost to Dooku. And he wasn't badass enough to stop it? If and any- still, he's Yoda, right? How many have you seen do this, though? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. But if you've never seen it, but if now you've never question- seen them divide force powers, you can't say that they can do it now. I'm, but I'm just saying, we're, if we're going to call him a badass, that's something that would have been badass. He didn't do it. Sorry. 
I can't believe you're going to sit there across from me and say that Yoda is not a badass with a lightsaber. That's not what I said. Well, I what said, are you saying? Because saying, I just you said that he lost to Dooku. He, he did not lose to Dooku. He's not it was as, a stalemate, if anything. He's not as bad as a Force-using Jedi powerful person as we give him credit for. Because if he truly was, how could he not have saved his two friends and kept Dooku from running away? I'm just saying, couldn't he have if he was more badass? I'm not trying to take anything away from that. And, of course, people make fun of the jumping around frog that was Yoda. No, it was awesome. I did. I also thought it was cool looking. Yeah. But he still didn't win. And then we see more of it foreshadowing later. He doesn't beat the Emperor. No, he doesn't. because So, hence... Retroactively looking, is Yoda as badass as we give him credit maybe for? Maybe he's not as badass as you give him credit for, because All maybe right. you have him in this esteem where he's supposed to be a fucking god, and he's not. 900 years? It, not a g- god. Who's going to know? But he's been around 900 years. He has had ample chance to know way more about the Force than Sidious. You can't tell me Sidious is over 800 years old. No, but I do think that the Force Unleashed 1 and 2 have clouded how you think the Force can be used. Don't throw... I wasn't even thinking the Force Unleashed. I wasn't. You can use multiple Force powers at the same time, right? No. Quit putting words in my mouth. I'm saying... Why? why? You're saying, why can't he fight Dooku and stop a pillar at the same time? Isn't that using two Force powers? So what, now lightsabering is force powers? I would figure the force power would be saving them by pushing. And also, so the debris falls, just force push it out of the way. Just force push it, done, and then you can go right back to fighting. Instead, it becomes this, ooh, big mess, struggle, sorry. I mean, it was easier for him to lift the ship. Okay, hold was, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, it was he wasn't for him to lift no, the no, ship. No, 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 no. That it was he for was him just to push sitting his ass debris. on the swamp beach at the time when that happened. This one, he's exerted himself pretty heavily, jumping around like an idiot, running around with a lightsaber. <laughs> okay, so excuse me for a second for not giving the guy a little bit of realistic chance here that maybe. Just maybe he has to refocus things much slower at 900 damn years old. All right. God. All right. You got angry over that one. Right, I did. <laughs> Couldn't tell you being Captain Contrarian or not. <laughs> no, I, I just, I think, I'm not being, I'm actually being completely legit. I think it kind of diminished Yoda a little bit for him not to be able to simply push something out of the way and still take on Dooku. Now, to be a little bit retroactive, I get that he needs to get away. Yeah. But because of these plot holes or these things that we know have to happen, they made characters that maybe you are right, maybe I'm giving them too much power to begin with, He cheap, like the characters seem more cheapened. Like okay. If Yoda is the head of the Jedi Order who has lived for 900 years, he should be the most powerful Force user ever. Now, well, we, now we know he eventually won't be because of Anakin and all this other stuff, but I'm just saying yeah. it's, the, it's these little plot points that we need to have in order to move the plot along that cheapens a character like that. Okay. Can you name a Jedi who is more powerful than Yoda? Obi-Wan? In, in what way is he more powerful than Yoda? I'm, he wasn't a better fighter. I'm just... every Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, wait, he beat Darth Maul, right? Yeah. Okay. And could you could we agree that when he did that, he was angry at the time? He was channeling oh, the yeah, dark side. Oh yeah, he was side? definitely channeling the dark side. Okay, but now oh. let me speak here. Mm-hmm. That is, we haven't at this point seen anybody more proficient, more powerful with the force that was of Jedi. We haven't. 
Well, outside of Anakin. And well, that's the thing. The Jedi is not just sword fighting. It's not just pushing things. It's also premonitions. It's understanding meditation, all that stuff. He's he's doing what he does. Okay. And we haven't seen anybody yet who could beat Yoda. That's a Jedi. Uh, I I think Obi Wan could have. Obi Wan got his ass kicked by Dooku. Obi Wan got his ass kicked by Dooku because he was trying to save Anakin. Obi Wan got his ass kicked by Grievous. I didn't. He almost got kicked off a cliff. I'd say yes. And he saved himself. So couldn't we say that Yoda also went upon saving himself and two other Jedi? But again, if he's super... You're, he I, turns this way to stop that because Dooku does it behind him. So why can't he just push it? It's gone. We're in the wrong fucking movie. Obi-Wan <laughs> privately tells we, Anakin... I, I am surprised that took as long as it did. <laughs> it's because I did not think that you would be thinking that way. <laughs> Obi-Wan privately tells Anakin that the council wants him to spy on the Chancellor because they believe him to be corrupt in order Anakin resents since the Chancellor has become a mentor to him. So now the yeah, Chancellor is telling him to spy was... on the Jedi. The Jedi is saying spy on the Chancellor, and he has no power at all. Yeah, that was... I really wish that order hadn't come from Obi-Wan. Who else could it have come from that he would have Mace. actually listened, though? Mace. Because Obi-Wan even says, I didn't want this to happen for you. Yeah, I guess he does say that. You know, he does put that. And I believe him. I don't... I, 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 when you watch this movie, you truly believe that Obi-Wan also feels pulled. In multiple... Yeah, like he's getting pulled in like 12 different directions and he doesn't know which one to believe. That's the, the ultimate fall of the Jedi yeah. that we learned from this movie. They didn't know who the fuck they were. No, they didn't. Obi-Wan had an when inkling. They, when they stopped figuring out who they were, which Qui-Gon clearly knew what the Jedi should be. Yeah. And when they lost sight of that and they tried to be too many things, they fell. Yeah. And you get the end of the Jedi. And it's kind of funny. Again, it, these, are, these are not two characters that are automatically forked in the road. Uh-uh. Because Obi-Wan's starting to see subtly. the issues also. It happens subtly over time if you pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's... It's hard to watch when you look at it from the point where he's pulled in all these directions and they're all working against each other. Yeah. As the Chancellor's bodyguard, Anakin develops a close friendship with Palpatine who subtly manipulates Anakin in their discussions, making him distrust the Jedi. And Palpatine claims to know of an ability to, to prevent, prevent death. death. You want to go into, you want to talk about Darth Plagueis? We don't know anything, so what can we what can we say? Well, we the, don't. We, we know we that know when he the sits story. Down. Yeah, we know the story. Everybody knows the story. So it's a pretty cool scene it, when they're at the space it, opera. It is a very cool scene. <laughs> I love that scene. But oh. the problem is, is it's it's one of those scenes that has now only given enough information that it's interesting. But again, maybe it's brilliant that we're not going to find out anything else about it. Yeah, yeah. and what it opens up the fact is, is the cities make it all up. And that's what did Sidious make it all up just to influence Anakin? It, did Plagueis actually have nothing to do with advancing life or any of that? Mm -hmm. Was it all just bullshit? Yeah. Which he, I'm sort of because Hidalgo and all of them was like, dude, Plagueis is dead. Sidious is dead. Let's just move on. <laughs> and it's, I think fans don't want it to be that simple, but I think it was. I think the simple answer is Sidious lied his face off to everybody. Oh, yeah. You and can't I, get to that position that he's in a, in episode six without, without having done that. <laughs> without boldface lying, and he boldface lied to Anakin. Yeah. I bet there was no power ever to bring life back or to keep people alive. I, I honestly think, and the fact that it was said during an opera, 
is also to allude to the fact that this is made up. This is a story, dude. Oh, okay. I'm just saying this so that you believe me. But yeah. notice how in all of the books afterwards and in all of their workings together, does that subject ever come back up? Which subject? Plagueis? Yeah, this ability to, to resurrect life and all this stuff. Okay. Well, it does in the Darth Plagueis book, which is the book right before. Oh, but Clint that's not canon, and I've never read it. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, Lords of the Sith and all that stuff, when we have moments where Vader and Sidious are by themselves, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, it wouldn't work for the story that's being told, but that never comes back up. No, no. And it may be something that, again, James Lucino who wrote the Darth Plagueis book, who outlined how all that happened and, and, and everything. Uh, he, it'd be interesting if they finally said, listen, okay, maybe I should say this. Disney made their announcement that everything from this point on is canon a month after the Lucino book came out. Yeah, they did it right about then. So maybe they had different plans for what Darth Plagueis was supposed to be. And they didn't like what, yeah. Because they could have, they could have by now said, by the way, we're including this in the canon also. And they it, still haven't. There's probably details in there that just don't jive. Or it's as simple as I'm saying it, it was all made up to begin with. Which would, I would not throw it past him. No. I mean, clearly Plagueis was a real person. He was Sidious's uh, Sith mentor. Yes. But the whole story, yeah, I think, I, I am leaning towards the Sidious told that to Anakin just to get what he wanted. I, which was a really fucking powerful apprentice. And boy, did he get one. Yeah, he did. Uh, funny thing about that scene, though, I believe that scene was actually packaged to the Academy Awards in a for your consideration for Best Supporting Actor in Ian, Ian McDermott. Yeah, because I, the way I still he tells, to this day don't understand how nobody from Star Wars as an actor won an award for something. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan like, was the I cl- just I call that bullshit. Alec Guinness was the closest for Best Supporting Actor nomination. And I guarantee that was only because he was an acclaimed actor. There, are, I'm sorry, Hamill yeah. does some really good work. Harrison Ford, like, mm-hmm. and I know I'm biased. I know I'm a fanboy. But yeah, still, it's, it's good. I think it's interesting that there's some of the highest grossing movies ever. And they're shit on by the Academy. Part of it is that the direction can't direct actors. Well, that's the prequels. I'm saying all of Star Wars. Yeah. How has all of Star Wars not gotten an Academy Award actor yet? It'd be interesting to go back and see what happened in 1980 and in 1983. Was it Return of the Jedi? 83? 83 was Jedi. Yeah, to see what was uh, nominated at the time. To see if it actually had a place. Instead of Yeah, that's true. Um, Obi-Wan is sent to Utapau. Hey, go over there. <laughs> we Which, hear Grievous is over there. And, and yeah, that's another, like, something's missing. Like, why do we suddenly know? Yeah. Yeah, we're missing Chewbacca and Han Solo trying to figure out the transmitter and all that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm glad they're not in it either. That's, it would have been good. Yeah, we don't need any more Han Solo. Wink, wink. Obi-Wan sent to Utapau where he engages and kills General Grievous. This scene is in a glass, glossed over one on IMDb, so thanks for that, IMDb. Uh <laughs> We yeah, get there's this. a lot that goes on. Did he, you did you like the little running around? I uh, hated it. Oh, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great little thing because it was climbing walls and running all over. I thought varactyls were very cool. The the reason why I didn't like it is because I could not believe that this animal could keep, compete with basically a motorcycle. I could. Um, I I did like. Okay, it starts off where he's on like the catwalk. He sees this big meeting amongst everybody, and he just Obi Wan just jumps down like I don't right care. Right in the middle of it, Honey Badger don't care. <laughs> I guarantee he gets that from Anakin. Oh Anakin, yes, Anakin has rubbed off on him <laughs> as much as a little bit of Obi Wan has rubbed off on Anakin. What have we here? 
<laughs> just and he's got a smile on his face, and a he's shit eating grin, <laughs> and he literally thinks he's going to talk his way out. That that scene is one of the reasons why I love Obi Wan as a character. Is yeah. he genuinely thinks he can talk his way out of anything? Obi Wan is my favorite character in the whole series. Han Solo esque, maybe? No. Uh, no, Han Solo thinks he can talk himself out of everything. Obi Wan actually, actually does. does. <laughs> Usually, that's true. Uh, but okay, so this is when we see Grievous with the lightsabers finally. Yep. And this is another, this is a moment that, again, I think a better action director could have pulled something off with. And the reason why is because in the second movie, you had a moment where Anakin Skywalker had two lightsabers in his hands for six seconds. And that's it. Yeah. This is another one where you have four lightsabers. And he goes, all right. And immediately, within five seconds of the fight, he loses two, two arms are gone. Now we're down to two. It was probably too expensive to make it. I honestly think the reason they short those scenes was yeah. it had to be way too expensive to actually digitally create those scenes. And you're probably right. At, at that time, 2005, $118 million, right? As cool as we would have liked to have seen it, it was probably saving money. Yeah. This is before Disney owned them. Otherwise, Disney would have been like, yes, here's another 60 mil. Go. Yep. Go with it. Um, but it is a cool scene to see it happen. And, and Obi-Wan, has got, he's got this little dinky lightsaber against four. And he somehow works it out. Although He does a little math when he's like, and he just goes, he sticks it in the center, and they all stop. And did you like his his always two fingers? Yes. Fighting? I'm like, interesting. Zen. And I'm going to point out something here, which we're going to talk about later, and that is the motion that Obi-Wan takes to stop all four blades is a piercing motion. Just saying. All right. That's going to haunt me in a second, so don't worry. Uh, so he as long as he can stick it in there. He engages Grievous. Grievous, you know, gets a couple arms chopped off. Skedaddles to his little motorcycle because he's a coward. And then we have the whole chase scene. Indiana Jones whistles for his horse. It, oh, I'm sorry, Obi Wan whistles for his dragon beast. Veractal. Whatever. <laughs> Apparently, its name is Bogo. Did I know that? I feel like I knew that, but yet I probably couldn't have <laughs> said His name that. is Bogo or something. They race through the entire Utapau tunnels. Yeah. And they re-engage on the platform that goes down to a cliff. Obi-Wan does something here, which I think is stupid. <laughs> he kicks a robot with his shin. And yeah, the best part that. is he kicks him and he yells out, Oh! Like, what did you think was going to happen? Humanizes him a little bit, I guess. <laughs> it just—I remember seeing that guy make stupid mistakes when we're, in the, when we're in the, or maybe it's showing that the Jedi are even less in tune with being calm because he just let his emotions react, and so he emotionally kicked when a Jedi that is not thinking about war and anger and fighting and all this stuff would have been very calm and been like, you know what, metal hurts. Yeah, well, he got—he used anger to beat Darth Maul. It's true, possibly. Awesome. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, <clears throat> back on Coruscant, Palpatine reveals himself to Anakin as the Not Sith Lord from a Jedi who has been Darth Sidious, who's been controlling the Republic and the Separatist movement. Now, this is another good scene because Anakin gets the lightsaber at his throat, and it's just kind of like it's you. And Sidious doesn't. He's he's got. He, do, at, he doesn't even flinch. He's he like, knows just he's got him. him. Yeah, you know, I can. Feel your anger. It gives you focus. <laughs> power. <laughs> Unlimited power. Oh, we're, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, 
So Anakin leaves to tell Mace, which this I thought this is Anakin trying his best to, to do be, the right thing. Yep. And Mace Windu says something very, very poignant, which is, if you are correct, you will have earned my trust. And that's right. huge for him. Because if you remember in episode one, the first person to distrust Obi or Anakin was, was Mace. Mace. Yep. So this is a big moment. And Mace goes to engage, and we have this very beautiful scene where Anakin and his wife are in two separate places staring out towards something. I don't know what it is. I think it's the Senate building. And Anakin is conflicted because Mace says, stay where you are. We got this. And he knows something's about to go down, and so he's got to go to the chancellor's office. Yeah. And the music is just, like, haunting. Mm-hmm. And the, the music is great throughout this this episode. Then the music kicks in. And, oh, you see Anakin running to his car. And you're like, oh. Speeder. Speeder. It's not a car. Yeah. You're like, oh, sh- Oh, no, 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 don't, don't. Because you Cause see if he'd have just stayed home, we wouldn't have gotten Vader. And that's the thing. You watch that scene immediately and you go, nothing good happens after midnight and nothing. you drive out in your car. <laughs> nothing good happens after midnight if you drive out in your car. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, I couldn't put it into words. <laughs> Man, good job. <laughs> Mace Should Windu- have just stayed home with the wife. Mace Windu arrives at the Chancellor's office shortly thereafter and eventually subdues Palpatine through a lightsaber duel. You want to go into this? Yeah. Okay. The, my Here's my summation of my biggest point. I know you're going to make a good point about him piercing and all of this, and if he pierces through, where does the lightsaber go? Because they have to make a wide arc and all that. Do you want me to make my point so you can have the last word on it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. We differ in the idea that the way that Sidious fights is not very uh, practical. Would I you agree? I didn't say that. No, but I mean... F- fencing is practical. My issue Against is, four, though. Four my, Jedi, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't have... What he did in my head and how I how I see it going doesn't make sense unless the Jedi literally stand there and do nothing, which is what they do. Okay. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the reason why I believe Sidious is able to take down all these people with these fencing moves, the stabbing motion, is because, one, they've never fought a Sith before. They don't know what Sith training looks like. They don't have a clue. And so it catches them off guard because, again, these four individuals here have never been up against a Sith because the Sith have been extinct for hundreds of years. But it, is it fighting a Sith or is it the technique? Because there are what five different forms of of lightsaber combat, and you and, c- and nobody could beat Dooku according to the Clone Wars. Remember? But here's my thing: if there's five different forms, Dooku has learned all the forms, mm-hmm. and you can't tell me that fencing, that stabbing, isn't part of the form. So it, it probably is. Yeah. So if they can defend against the fencing, my issue is. Uh, Sidious is able to kill the Jedi by stabbing through them. So he stabs that first guy, and he is dead. The other two are literally, you have Kit Fisto and the guy with the horns. Mm -hmm. They are just standing there doing nothing. How do they not go in from his sides? When his lightsaber is through the other guy, how do they not come in from the sides? You have your hand up. Tell me. Earlier, we spoke about how Yoda couldn't do two things at once. Perhaps Sidious can. So what was Sidious doing? Holding them. That's a stretch. Just saying. No, I understand that you're just saying, and you think you're being coy with your coffee. I don't think I'm right. But 
He is just holding them. So both of his hands are forward. In the scene, both of his hands are holding the hilt yes. of his lightsaber. He is stabbing. Uh, is it Depp Balaba? No, Balaba is Kanan's. Who is it? It's Kit Fisto. There's it's Kit Fisto, the horn guy, and somebody that looks like Depa Balaba, but okay. it's not Depa Balaba because she clearly has to die later by her clones. Yeah. But he has his lightsaber through that guy. The guy with the horns is right there. All he's got to do is slash down, take his arms off. Or the other guy. Now, Window, we do see him. He has his lightsaber up in the air, clearly like he's about to come down. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Kit Fisto doing? Okay. Like, that's, that's what's unbelievable for me in that scene, is you cannot tell me that the Sith was so powerful, all four of them suddenly froze and was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do nothing. Now, I understand that they all four needed to die. I get that. I also know, realistically, this is bringing in some background that, uh, oh, sh- why did I just draw a blank? Who plays Palpatine? What the, what's Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott was not the most athletic guy. I mean, he did well. He, he did was like 70-some years old, wasn't Exactly. He? Yeah. So he can't do all of the, the fancy flying stuff. I get that. But as somebody who has done very, very little, mm-hmm. and so I, by no means do I want to make it sound like I'm an, I'm an expert, but I have had to choreograph on stage fights before. There was a more realistic way to have him take out those four guys. There had to be. I will say there had to be a better version of that fight where you can more realistically see those four men die. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, that's my biggest issue is that it was too short, too cheap, and it felt like a bad fight, like just bad fight acting. And okay, I I think I will concede the point that that could have been shot better. Yeah, like just pick different moves if you want to make him fencing. That's fine, but have the fencing start later because and as i sit here thinking something just popped in my head that unfortunately kind of helps prove your point and the only thing that maybe supports those guys being brushed back the way they were when he does his cycle spin in Mm -hmm. if there was a force wave that force wave when he came in that could have maybe pushed them all back and that's why they didn't come in and attack at the same time could have been. I don't know. I don't. That's, I don't want to use that as part of my argument. But that, that's now me maybe rationalizing. But again, why do I have to go that in depth or that much make believe to make what I'm seeing on the screen seem believable? And that's and a- my instant reaction is there is no way those four fuckers would have just stood still while he stabbed somebody through the gut. I think there's also this, and that is we're adults looking at this. That's true too. You know, and we are going to be a little bit harsher than a nine year old would. But 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 we're also but, we're also seeing someone here. We're seeing four elegant fighters versus and, someone who is hunched over like a troll and just like it looks evil. But I'm also being harsher on it because that's a fight we were all looking forward to seeing. We know May, here's what I mean. Mace Windu's a badass. He's been a badass in episode two when we saw him fighting and all this stuff. But we know, we know by the end of episode three Mm -hmm. that he is dead. We know Kit Fisto, as much as people thought he looked cool, he's dead. But you want them to have cool death scenes. And maybe that's my thing, is they didn't get a cool death scene. Well, okay. They, They didn't get that. This is why Mace Windu was one of the most feared saber duelists ever. And did we not get the cool death scene because the actor who needs to play McDermott McDermott is 70 years old? And maybe I need to be an adult and be more realistic. We weren't going to get something that looked cool. Well, first off, I just don't feel like it was as good a scene as it could have been. First off, uh, as Anakin arrives, Windu is about to slay the Chancellor. Windu has won. 
Yes. It yes. takes two Sith to take him out. So, okay. It, take, so Wind, it takes Anakin Windu to gets, cut his arm off. All right. You're right. You're right. Take, so he did get a, a halfway decent. So I'll, I'll concede that point. But yeah, And he does it, get, he, he beats Sidious. It, it makes the other three look bad. You are correct. I guess he did beat Sidious. He had him by the lightsaber. And if Anakin doesn't come in, it's over. He had the higher but ground. Th- but did he have Sidious or would Sidious have just been ready to let go of the lightning anyway? Well, that's the thing we'll never know. All right. We can't know that because, one, if he could all along, why didn't he just do it? Because here's, here's to argue for Sidious. He felt Anakin coming. If he's that powerful, he yeah. feels Anakin coming, and he knows he's about to enter there. I'm just going to let this act mm-hmm. a little bit longer. And I, I believe that to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, if Anakin trips in the hall, <laughs> no, he's <you're> fucking right. dead. <laughs> or he uses the lightning way earlier, and he comes in seeing Sidious killing him. You're right. Yeah. Those uh, stupid shoelaces could have undone everything. <laughs> This is what happens when you don't tie your shoes, kids. You can see him, him tripping and him going, God, Obi-Wan always tells me to tie my shoes. <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> Drops his lightsaber. Shit, did that too? There's the Jar Jar Binks moment. <laughs> the F-35. Oh. <laughs> Just as Anakin arrives, Windu's about to slay the Chancellor. Anakin quickly disarms Windu, literally, believing yeah. the Chancellor holds the only way to save his wife. I need him! He's too powerful. Yeah. It's a cool little thing that they have to do back and forth. You can, and Anakin has to make a choice. And he does. He chooses Padme. Windu is consumed by Sidious's torrents of force lightning, forcing him out a window and to his death. Did he die? Yes, he did. Or did he land? He's And dead. we're going to see him later. He's dead. <laughs> He's not Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Darth, unless, unless he is Snoke, and then what are you going to say? Darth Sidious, who's now got a you know, melty face. Uh, gets up, throws his hood on. Oh, no, he doesn't have his hood on yet. No, he doesn't. No. He stands up. Anakin is just like, he, he can't believe his own actions at this point. Yep. Uh, and is just overcome with all the emotion he's just felt for the last hour or so waiting. He makes a dumb move that he knows is going to expel him from the Order now. But he's conflicted because everything he's done so far has been to save the woman he loves. Yep. And... He succumbs to the dark side. Yeah. And Darth Sidious takes Anakin as a Sith apprentice and gives him the name Darth Vader. Yeah. And I like the way that he said, like, he had to think about it. He goes, Darth Vader. Yep. It was cool. Yeah. He then orders Vader to kill all Jedi within the Jedi Temple and then go to the Mustafar system and eliminate the Separatist leaders. Is it a problem for you how easily he instantly goes from, I just killed Windu, I feel bad about what I just did, to now I've just been ordered to kill all Jedi. Yep, I'm okay with it. I It, it felt... It is instantaneous. It felt very quick, and that, some, that still to this day doesn't sit well with me. Cause now, I know it needed to happen. I know that they needed to kill all the Jedi, but just how quick he goes from being one of them to... Being okay with killing all of them? The only rationalization I can give to this is that this is a guy, Anakin Skywalker, who has been teetering between two different forces. What what Chancellor wants from him to spy on the Jedi because he thinks the Jedi are out of line and the Jedi to spy on the Chancellor because the Chancellor is out of line. And he's back and forth, back and forth to the point where just a breeze in the right direction is finally going to push him in the wrong one. 
That being said, yes, it's a very, very small thing, but the number of things going against Anakin, he's lost everything to this point except for his wife. Has has he lost Obi-Wan? Well, here's the deal. He's been, it's been confirmed now in his eyes, from his point of view, he saw Mace Windu. Mace Windu said, don't worry, we'll do the right thing, we'll take care of it. The next time he sees Mace, Mace is about to kill the Chancellor, which is, not with, which is what the Chancellor has been preaching all along. The Jedi are not in this for anybody except for themselves. Okay. So he sees this and he goes, the guy's right. I don't trust any of these people anymore. They told me to do one thing, and now they're doing the opposite. And so I can follow that. And just think of it as a nine year old, 10 year old, 11 year old watching this because it's a simple idea and it sucks as an adult to see because you can see the problems. But at the same time, he's lost the trust of, he lost what he could respect in the Jedi. He's lost the trust of those around him. And now the only place he can go now is down the dark path because at this point, the only thing he has left is Padme. And is and is he so comfortable doing that because he doesn't have Obi Wan to pull him out of that? I believe so. Prior to this, Obi Wan is the only one that will say that one thing and pull him back to reality. Yes, and we get that right. later on when they have their discussion at Mustafar. I can see through the lies of the Jedi and the hypocrisy and all that stuff. And Obi Wan tries to get him back in the path, but it's too but late. He, now. Yeah, well, he killed younglings by that point, so exactly. Of course not. Uh, Darth Sidious orders clone troopers across the galaxy to turn against their Jedi generals by enacting a pre-programmed directive, Order 66. 66. And this part is heartbreaking. Numerous Jedi across the galaxy are seen being exterminated. And it's hard to watch because you see them. These are the generals of these clone troopers. They've put their trust in the clone troopers, and you realize... I don't think it was hard. It was as hard to see when I saw the movie. Okay. It was harder to see this most recent time when I watched it mm-hmm. for this podcast because I've now seen the Clone Wars so much. And you've seen how when, much they interacted. When you watch the Clone Wars and then you see these clone troopers shooting their generals. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that's an emotional scene. I think when I saw it for the first time, it was, yeah, they, I mean, I know they needed to die and mm-hmm. it's sad how it happened. But when you watch the Clone Wars and then you see it happen... There is so much more emotion to it. Yeah, and it, it is true. This is truly the point where you sit there and going, the Jedi were win way over their heads. They lost their way because they were never supposed to be leading armies. So is this all Qu- because Qui-Gon died? Had Qui-Gon not died, how much would the universe have changed? Well, here's the problem with that. I want to say that if he hadn't died, things would have changed. But then again, he never wanted to be on the council to make the changes. Yeah, you're right. He probably would have just removed himself. I, yeah, he would have pulled in Ahsoka. Yeah. He just left the order. Uh, and if he hadn't, Dooku would have gotten a hold of him during Attack of the Clones to try to get him on his side. But I don't think Qui-Gon would have joined Dooku either. Well, that's the thing, is Qui-Gon would then know information. That's true, too. So who knows what would have happened? They would have gone after Qui-Gon. Yeah, okay. Would any of this happen if they hadn't make a, made a pit stop, pit stop on Tatooine to pick up some little kid? Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? Such a cool scene. <laughs> Just I see the lightsaber. And the look on his face like, I don't want to do this, but I have to. That's what his look that's tells what me. A, and he does, like, that's a good acting job. As much as people get on hating Christensen, that's the exact face that needs to be made in that moment, as every, hard as it is. Every because, close-up of his face from this point on is pain. You, you can almost see where he starts to go soft, and then he just really hardens. Yeah. And his face just gets super angry, and you almost need to do that 
if you're about to do that to kids. Yeah, it's he's in pain doing it, and this was exactly what Yoda preached in episode one. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Yeah. Fear leads to suffering. Sorry, my misquote. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> I'm going to hell for that one. And as soon as he kills kids, he goes back to... Mustafar. His wife. Well, he goes to Mustafar first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, no, he goes and tells Padme oh, about that's the right. Jedi have attempted to take over the Republic, and then he leaves for Mustafar. Now, it's important to know that Yoda and Obi-Wan have survived. Yeah. Yoda, Yoda gets attacked, but Yoda senses it right away, jumps him, and chops off two heads in one slot. Just... Yep. Then climbs on Chewbacca and rides him like a koala bear. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it is a cute scene. He's like, come down here, and he climbs on up. Uh, Obi Wan, you know, he gets attacked, but he's already you know, he, what he Commander Cody gives him his lightsaber because he dropped it again. Yeah, and then it's like literally two <laughs> seconds later yeah. that he he gets, gets sh- the order and he's shot down, and they think they kill him because the Varactyl falls down the hole, but he lands in water. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> and then he's literally just flying around in a ship, and he doesn't know what to do until he gets the the message from Bail Organa. It's Bail Organa that sends him the message and says, don't go back to the Jedi Temple and come meet me at these coordinates. Yeah, and it's at this point that Anakin goes back to Padme and says, hey, guess what? The Jedi can't be trusted. Yeah, and he goes, I'm going to go to Mustafar and take care of the Separatists. And uh, Bail Organa rescues Obi-Wan and Yoda, brings them to the Jedi Temple before heading to the Senate building. And this is a cool scene I wish was longer. Yeah. Was Yoda and Obi-Wan fighting their way into the temple. Yeah, and even better in the book, this scene starts off hysterically because they can't just walk up to the temple as Obi Wan and Yoda. So what they do is Obi Wan throws on a different pair of clothes, throws on the hood, puts a mask on, and bundles Yoda up as a baby. Oh, really? Yes, and they go to the front then, and that's when they start attacking. Interesting. Which I would have loved to have seen that but at the same time would have hated to see that yeah, you would have you, that would have been crucified on the movie <laughs> it's a deleted scene i wish was there like on the blooper reel yeah <laughs> um let's see where am i senator baylor gonna uh palpatine informs the senate of a jedi plot to overthrow the republic as a result he announces that the republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> i love how everybody's just okay with that and then you get padme saying and this is how, how democracy, democracy dies. dies at the sound of applause it's that, a very true point it's a great line yeah. it's a great line but i still as an adult i'm like would it have been that simple would it have been that easy i mean i always in that whole room was like there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of senators mm-hmm. and we've only heard like five of them ever talk does that mean everybody else is just like yeah i'm, I'm okay with it yeah whatever you guys say and that's just, as an adult, that's yeah. hard for me to wrap my head around. You got to remember, though, what when this came out. This came out in the middle of the Bush presidency. Exactly. And everything from this point on is a political statement. Yep. Uh, in the Jedi Temple, Obi-Wan and Yoda stand in shock over the bodies of the younglings and reconfigure a signal to warn all Jedi to keep away. Obi-Wan looks into the security recordings, and to his horror, sees a hologram of uh, Anakin carrying out the orders of Darth Sidious. What have I done? And kneeling to him. <laughs> Though he initially refuses, Obi-Wan eventually agrees to find and kill Vader, and Yoda decides to fight the Emperor. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he needed to see it, but wow. Yeah, it's hard, though, because you can tell Obi-Wan doesn't want to go. No. And and Yoda is basically saying, you can't take on the Emperor, dude. I can do it. But you, you can't. can't. And I truly believe if, if Obi-Wan had seen the Emperor, he would have gotten his ass kicked. Yeah, I do. But I also think it would have been because Obi-Wan was too emotional. I agree. Obi-Wan was emotional by this point. Yeah. And, you can't tell me otherwise. But I also think that he sent Obi-Wan because he knew that the only person Anakin could possibly listen to at this point would be Obi-Wan. Possibly. But I also think this was an instance where I will give Yoda credit. I think Yoda saw another Darth Maul moment. He was able to beat Darth Maul because he was angry and he was pissed off. He is now angry and pissed off because of what uh, Anakin did to the younglings. Yeah. And And it's Obi-Wan stops by Padme's, doesn't he? To find out where he is, yeah. And that's when he reveals that he knows. He knew the whole time. That they were together. Yeah. And I remember when this movie was in the pre-production phases, they were tinkering with the idea of a love triangle between Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. Oh, I am so happy they didn't do that. that and that, and that, but here's the thing. It was a perceived one. Anakin was always jealous because... Obi-Wan had could could had a relationship with Padme long before he ever did. And they always seemed close like friend friend friend, but he doesn't know how that works. And so when you see him at the top of that stair, well, on Mustafar, that's him like so you two are together. And that scene right there was one of those things that was meant at the original idea. Yeah, that scene did all, okay. Yeah. It cuz it doesn't I mean fall- it helps explain that scene but Right. I don't buy the whole, like... Well, that's why they didn't use it. and all that stuff. That's well, why they didn't use it. They but... still should have fixed that scene. Yeah. Uh, you have done that yourself. Yeah. So he refuses to believe his claims about Anakin's fall to the dark side. When she, dispar- when she departs from Mustafar, Obi-Wan jumps on board, hides himself in a closet. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay, go on. When the couple is reunited, Padme pleads with Vader to leave public life with her. But he refuses, believing that he can overthrow Palpatine and become Lord of the Galaxy with Padme. Vader sees Obi-Wan emerge at this time as she's begging for him to come with her. He suspects her of betraying him. Enraged, he uses the Force to choke Padme into unconsciousness. Obi-Wan and Vader break into a vicious lightsaber duel. You underestimate my power! Uh, the dialogue during the duel bugs mm-hmm. me. It does. But the duel itself, yeah. Easily the best lightsaber fight I've ever seen. This easily. is This is the fight we have been waiting for yes. for 6 movies. And it's amazing. It is an amazing lightsaber battle where they both go toe to toe. The making of features if you haven't watched them, they literally shoot they show you how they shot the entire scene yeah. from practicing the fights to the CGI and all of it like it is a fantastic fight. People that pick this fight apart, yeah, you're being way too nitpicky because it's fantastic. And the weird thing is about this is that, you know, Anakin, he feels bad for everything that he's doing. He sees Padme and he immediately goes back to, I'm Anakin again, you know, and he rushes to her. And the conversation he has echoes back to when they were in the grasslands of Naboo Mm -hmm. and they're talking about what a republic should look like and that we can build this thing as something that we, we talked about long before. And, you know, she, she says a line that I've said, on the, you're, I, you're going down a path I can't possibly follow, uh, which is a true point. Yep. And that's when 
he sees Obi-Wan and the shit hits the fan. Everything breaks loose. Uh, it is interesting that the, the conversation that Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan have has now reverted back to Master Apprentice. Uh-huh. And that he's trying to teach him again. And Anakin's going to have nothing of it. He's he's definitely like, don't try to teach me anymore. I've now been made a Lord of the Sith. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, and you're right. This lightsaber duel is so great, and they are so evenly matched. It, I mean, even to the point where there's a there's a spot where they are flipping this lightsaber around, and they try to both force push each other at the exact same time, and neither can do it. Mm-mm. Because they are just that. I mean, they're, you can tell Obi-Wan is using his anger right now. Because if he doesn't, he ain't going anywhere. Nope. Um, Back on Coruscant, yeah. Yoda confronts the Emperor, who unleashes Force Lightning on the ancient Jedi. My little green friend. <laughs> Yoda, in return, throws the Sith Lord across his Senate office. Awesome move. The two most powerful <laughs> practitioners of the Force engage in a fierce duel inside the Senate chamber itself. When it appears that Yoda has the upper hand, Sidious unleashes the force to the point that Yoda is forced to retreat and decides that his failure has led him to go into exile. As his troops search for the Jedi, Darth Sidious decides to go to Mustafar saying, I sense Lord Vader is in danger. I get why this scene had to happen. I really do. Yeah. It just, man, it makes Yoda look powerless. Yeah. And again, maybe it's me putting like way too much onus on Yoda from the beginning, but yeah, he just looks like a punk. It's like 900 years, dude, Mm -hmm. 900 years and you couldn't defeat a Sith. Yeah. I just, wow. Well, and that's the hard thing to get through on this one is that I don't know. I, I saw this scene as more metaphorical than anything else. Uh, You know, the destruction of the Senate itself. Yeah, I get that. I see. They're actually destroying the Republic. No, the arrogance that. of Yoda when he walks in. I mean, he just walks in and just before the guards even do anything, he just pff, throws him against the wall. And it's like, and it, you know, not you know, if, if so powerful are you, why leave? You know, you're gonna get you, you're gonna get your ass handed to you now because you don't know what you're going up against. You just don't. But if. 900 years, wouldn't he have been around when there were Sith? Or has it been thousands of years since there were Sith? Maybe it was thousands. Was it thousands or hundreds? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't either. But I do know that it, this is this is another one of those fights that it's kind of like, it's a have to see. Yeah, you have to see it, but you're not going to like the ending of it. You're not, because the you know he cheats. The Emperor cheats. and But then you think to yourself, Yoda should have known that. But then maybe you're right. Maybe it's just... Further proof that the Jedi don't know who they are anymore. Their yeah. vision is cloudy, and clearly they don't know how the, to fight the dark side. And he's, I mean, Yoda's also, I mean, as powerful as he is, he's dealing with a lot of shit. He, he's failed on epic levels. Yeah. And this whole process. Epically. Uh, and one could even say that this whole thing is because Yoda fucked up. Yeah, the ultimate fall of the Jedi is because Yoda didn't see it. Yeah. And I can understand that. Um, okay. Back on Mustafar, the former Jedi friends are now bitter enemies. The duel brings them out of the facility to unprotected areas of the volcano planet. Oh, so cool. Ob- Obi-Wan eventually gains the advantage of the higher ground. <laughs> Don't try it. Don't I have it. the high ground. 
And when Vader attempts you to attack... You underestimate my power! <laughs> and when Vader attempts to attack again, Obi-Wan slices off both of his legs and his left arm in two swift cuts. <laughs> Vader tumbles down the embankment and rolls to a stop at the edge of the lava. He catches on fire, sustaining near-fatal third-degree burns and severe lung damage. Obi-Wan... That was cheesy. God, no, that's... that was awesome. No, that was wasn't. gutter. That no, no. that was um, like I love the delivery of that line. Oh no, that bugs me because um, he says it right after I loved you. <laughs> it's complete. He is now gone. It just feels. <laughs> See, it just feels cheesy to me. What have I done? Anyway, <laughs> Obi Wan. <laughs> Le- Yeah, see, all you can do is laugh. I'm laughing at your reaction. <laughs> it's, it's just so hard to hear. Obi-Wan leaves Mustafar with the hurt Padme and Anakin's lightsaber. Darth Sidious arrives on Mustafar a short time later and rescues Vader from the brink of death. Well, just out of curiosity, how how should he have reacted? I mean, like the Black Knight from Monty Python's Holy Grail, like, oh, it's just a flesh wound. No, uh, so I get what they were trying to do. I think this is the scene where Hayden Christensen was miscast. Oh, I don't. Like, if yeah. that if that's the guttural reaction, it just sounds... <sighs> I mean, you can, here's the thing. If you're casting somebody just for a vocal thing at the very end, you're miscasting. I get it. I yeah. get that. But it's Think of me. You know my voice. Yeah. I'm not a screamer. If I... Shut up. Bullshit. <laughs> no. Bullshit. You scream all the time. No, I mean like... People I'm not gonna be, that listen to this podcast know that you scream all the time. I'm, what I mean is that if I had two legs chopped off and an arm, you know, it's not going to be a very menacing scream. It's going to be, Oh, what the hell, motherfucker? You know, and it, it, all right, yeah, okay. it's so that I'm being over picky. I got it. Whatever. All right. Padme is given medical assistance. And although she is physically intact, her will to live is gone. Sorry, this bullshit. Like this was they didn't know what to do. I don't think so. She dies because of her lack of will to live. And. There are easier ways or more believable ways for people to die so you've in never childbirth heard- other than she just lost the will to live. Have there be something wrong with the surgery? Have there be something? It would be way more realistic. Like, have her die because of reasons women actually die in childbirth. Not some weird metaphysical thing where she just lost the will to live. That's just... It feels very cop-out-ish to me. Okay. So why does it work? You're looking at me dismissively like it's just supposed to work. Why is it just supposed no, to you, work? You can have your opinion. I believe it works. I, I like it because, again, this is how this should end. I mean, she, she's been choked out. She's emotionally a wreck. Well, if she died because of the force joke, how was she still able to give birth to the kid? Like, childbirth is way too difficult. Yeah. For her to be able to go through that, it wasn't the force choke that killed her. No, they say that there's complications. I mean, yeah. the, the, I mean, she appears to have lost the will to live. Okay. I, in, in, in a surgery, that, that sometimes when you're trying to keep someone alive 
and they're not quote unquote fighting. That doesn't feel like a MacGuffin. That doesn't feel like something just to move the plot along. Uh, it may like be. We, like we know, but if this is the biggest problem I have with the movie, I think I'm okay with it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Go on. Uh, she delivers twins, a boy and a girl, and gives them the names Luke and Leia. Wait, what? She had twins? I thought it was just one kid. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if Vader knows that there's, you know, there were a couple buns in the oven instead of just one cake. Since he can, you know, force feel all that. Yeah. Just as Padme tells Obi-Wan that they're still good in Anakin, she dies. Of course, she, of course he hasn't really seen her. Well, you know, he saw her when he was pissed yeah. off. He was going to go to the... Yeah. So maybe he didn't feel it, but... Luke and Leia, like, where, I wonder where those names come from. Like, she just says them so fast. Mm-hmm. Luke, <gasps> Leia, and I'm dead. I'm trying to. What? Well, I don't know. Maybe she had them picked out ahead of time. Yeah. You, you didn't pick your boy's name ahead of time? We did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but then clearly she knew there were twins. Yeah. So Anakin didn't? Well, I'm pretty sure that when he stopped by, her pre- her thing was not, I have to deliver in about three weeks. So then did she just choose the names without including Anakin in the thought process? He hasn't been home. All right. On Coruscant, Vader's missing limbs and damaged body parts are replaced by cybernetic prostheses cool and scene. implants. Vader is put into a full suit of black armor and is sealed in a respirator mask that allow him to survive his injuries. When Vader asks Sidious about Padme's condition... Where is Padme? He tells Vader that in his anger, Vader himself killed Padme. No! See, you can't hear that without laughing. You can't hear that no without laughing. I will say this. When I saw it in the theater, I didn't laugh. Yeah, if I'm being honest, when I saw it in the theater, I didn't laugh I didn't. Too. I laugh now, now because of the number of things i've heard it associated with maybe that's it and like, the number it's of just people become a meme it's it is now it's socially acceptable to laugh at this but in the theater you didn't no you felt it then if you went the, the first, theater, if you, the first if time you, you heard it, the sis the hiss of his mask being yeah. put on it was silent in that theater you're right the first time i also felt the emotion but now we just laugh at it now and it's just funny this punchline now. And the funny thing is, is that people didn't understand. This is the most Shakespearean portion of this movie. Oh, I get the Shakespearean. And that yeah. this is what this is what your Shakespearean hero who had tragedy would do. Yep. Vader unleashes a furious scream of mournful rage and destroys droids' equipment throughout the room with the Force, while Sidious looks on with an evil grin. Oh yes, he does. Aboard the Tantive Four, Obi Wan, Yoda, and Bail Organa agree to keep the children hidden and separated. Obi-Wan and Yoda will watch and wait until the time is ready for the Skywalker children to do their part in the battle against the Sith. Leia is taken to Alderaan to live with the Queen and Bail Organa, and Luke is transferred to Tatooine to live with Owen and Beru. The film concludes with Owen and Beru holding Luke while staring out over the desert at Tatooine's two sons. Now, there was a scene that was cut out of this that Rich McCallum wanted in. Mm -hmm. Is it Rich or Rick? Rick. Okay, and that Lucas did not, and they had filmed the scene, and it was Yoda landing on Dagobah. And I also wish they had put the Dagobah scene in. I think it would have been a nice fit, but at the same time, Didn't I also sh- like the idea of we don't know where he is until Empire. Empire 5, yeah. yeah. So I can see both sides of it. So uh, what did you think after watching this movie in the theaters? It was, I told you how I reacted afterwards. Now when I am finished watching this movie, I almost lamented because I think 
I want to watch it and just enjoy it, but now there's been so many jokes about it, it's kind of hard. I look forward to the time that I watch this with with the boy for the first time, and then maybe I'll get back to that just pure, like, I enjoyed the movie Mm -hmm. until others told me what to think or told me what was bad about it. I or just, just enjoyed or just the movie. opened your perspective to a different way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Because I, I noticed that sometimes, it. like like honest trailers, you'll watch an honest trailer and it'll ruin part of the movie for you. Yeah. You know? And, like, I know myself, on the opposite side, I I, I love watching this movie. And it, despite all the goofy shit I've seen about it, the everything wrong with, yeah. the honest trailers, all that stuff, I still love this movie because, yeah, I can poke fun at anything. I can. So it's easy to, you know, pull humor and and poke fun at certain things that were done here and there. But as long as you appreciate the movie for what it's supposed to do, what the story is, then appreciate it. But I love this movie. I thought it was awesome. The first time I saw it, it gets more awesome every time I see it because I keep putting more things together. The storyteller in me, in my head, starts to link more and more things together. And then as I find details that are leaked out from Pablo Hidalgo or something like that about different story points, it just makes it more it just rich and readap- more full. It readapts it for me, and I see more psychology involved in the whole thing. So it's it's the best of the, the prequels. Okay. I really wish we would stop calling them the prequels now because they're not prequels unless they're beyond one. Yeah. Um, so what worked well? Okay. What, in your opinion, worked well? Uh, well, the, 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 uh, for me, ninety percent of this movie worked well. The final lightsaber battle was everything I thought it would be and more. And people say, "Well, it looks choreographed." Uh, when you have it the had for- to be when you can anticipate your opponent's move with the force, and you're both equal, it's gonna be that way. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor's plans coming to fruition. It, I loved seeing that. It was nice to see everything fall into place. The the thing that worked is when you watch this movie, you know the ending, but you aren't entirely sure how the pieces are going to fall into place. And as you watch those pieces fall into place, when you watch it in the theater or for the first time, you're like, oh, so that's how that happened. Oh, yeah. so that's how that happened. Oh, so that, and like, you're just enjoying watching it. Yeah. It's the later on where if you, if you nitpick it too much, then you're going to lose that sort of sense. Yeah. I love the lightsaber battle. It is hands down my favorite part of the whole thing. So good. The other thing that I, I really kind of like is, and it's sad, but it's sort of nice to see how did we get to just Yoda and Obi-Wan? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not nice in that I'm happy it happened. It's nice in that you learn what happened. You and you figure, need to, out, you figure out what happened to all of them. You need that answered. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that you, if you're thinking about that as a storyteller going, okay, how do we get to just these two when we had thousands of these Jedi all over the place? Yeah. Okay. You create millions of clone troopers and that balances it out. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way I could think of it. And before you watched this movie, you had no idea about, or you did not see order 66 coming. No. The first time you saw order 66 ordered, you were like, <gasps> what? They're, they're all Manchurian candidates. That's, that's how they did it. <laughs> like that was a shock. Yeah. The first time you saw it up there with. I'm your father. Yes. Uh, which, you know, at this point, now we know that he is a father, but he has no idea right now, no. supposedly. According- and, and, and you also said that uh, McDermott was amazing. His yes. acting really was. I have an issue with the lightsaber battle and things like that. The but- facial movements, you know, that, that duck face he makes it, like that. Oh, no, just the actual fight. Okay. But the way he delivers his lines yeah. and all of that, he does a great thing. What didn't work for you? Okay. 
some of the line reading was an issue, but it's a gigantic improvement over the last film. Hands down. And I think it's because he talked less. <laughs> and I don't think, I think what he said, I mean, be, here's the thing. We can't get past the balcony scene. We can't get past that. If we take that scene out, because we know Lucas can't do romance, we take that, that scene out, I think that Hayden does some of his best reading in this movie. Easily. I, I also I think that Lucas may have had some people saying, uh, you're not going to do 29 takes of this when the first two were just fine. Yeah, that's true. I mean, think of this. You had great actors and actresses in this, and they acted better all of a sudden. Yeah, so he must have been just taking the first couple ones and not 27 of them. Yeah. So what about you? Uh, the Palpatine fight still bugs me. Okay. Um, some of the cheesy lines bug me a little bit. Uh, I mean, Obi-Wan has sort of become that grandfather that or that dad. He's become the dad role where the jokes are cheesy. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a dad, I still laugh at them. Like, <laughs> I, I know the, the, the Obi-Wan jokes is... Gray shields. Well, we should have seen that coming. Like, I chuckle at that. I probably didn't, but, like, that makes me chuckle. You were right about one thing, Master. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that really doesn't work for me is is Padme's death. It feels shoehorned. Okay. I mean, they needed to kill her off. They could have done it better. They could have done the Palpatine fight better. They could have done the Padme's death better. Yeah. I didn't like Yoda's fight, but he needs to, like... I think I don't like that because I wanted Yoda to be all powerful. The problem is, is he can't be because he needs to end up on Dagobah. Yeah. Like he needs to do that. So I'm not going to nitpick that. And is it, but I, the I, Palpatine I, scene, those four should have had better, a better choreo- choreographed death. And Padme's death could have just been handled so much better. They mentioned in episode two, I think uh, that the dark side has clouded their ability or, yeah, yeah, he does say it in two. Change, the dark Mace side has, said that, right? has clouded my ability to see things. Yeah. I wonder to what effect that has on the Jedi when it comes to using their force, other abilities. Probably a fair bit. But Especially I, when you're in the midst of a fight with that dark force user. I mean, that's probably the excuse you can give for why Yoda loses is he can't foresee the, the, the things coming, and so he's reacting. Like, I, I, I wish that was explained more. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Who's the audience for this movie? Uh, preteens. This is an intense movie, and I don't know if I'd feel okay with my five-year-old watching this one. It's PG-13 for a reason. Yeah. I also teenager and above. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what is that? Uh, is a video game thing? Is that MA or? No, MA is mature. Oh, it'd what's? Be, it'd be T for teen. T for teen. T for teen. <laughs> this, is, this movie is rated T for teen. All right, report card. What do you give it? Uh, B. Solid B. Okay. All right. Solid B. And, and just out of curiosity, what, what would you get in clones? C, maybe C minus. All right. Maybe C, C, probably a C. Okay. But this would have been a B, and I gave what? Uh, Phantom Menace a solid B, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So B's surrounding the C. Yep. B's surrounding the C. All right. Uh, I give it a B plus. Yep. It does a lot of things right. Feels like they tried too hard to answer all the questions. Sometimes mysteries should be left as mysteries. Acting was still rough, but was much more improved this time around. Two is, yeah, episode two is easily the worst acting. This may be my favorite of the original six. It may be. Okay. At this point. It's like a runaway train. Once it gets going, it doesn't stop. 
No, you and you are in intense action the whole way through. Yeah, it starts from the moment you are have that battle on, above uh, Coruscant. Coruscant, and it does not stop going until the very end. And when it's at the very end, you're kind of you sit there going, you look at those two sons, and you're exhausted. You're yeah, you're exhausted. You're tired. You're like, holy shit, a lot just happened. But you're also sitting there going, what's going to come next? Yep. What happens next? And it's a shame. Now we got to wait 18 years to figure it out. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify. And help the show get on its feet with a four or five star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. <laughs>